Army veteran Jerry Quinn talks about his 25 years in the banking industry and is now the chief operating officer at the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Society. Coming up next, a veteran on the move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Make your holiday purchases more rewarding with the Navy Federal Credit Union Cash Rewards Credit Card, where members earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase they make. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. All right, today we're talking with uh, Jerry Quinn, uh, Army soldier, uh, currently the chief operating officer and secretary of the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. So, Jerry, thanks for being here. Look forward to talking about what you've been doing since you left uh, active duty. Still in the Army Reserves, as a matter of fact. Want to hear some about that, too. But take us back to the beginning and, and tell us what you've been doing in the Army. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here, and and uh, it's nice to meet you today, and and get to learn about all that you're doing for our transitioning soldiers and entrepreneurs out there. Um, yeah, I joined the army in uh, 1985, just a few short years ago, I guess. Uh, but uh, I was on active duty for six years as an enlisted soldier, military policeman, uh-huh. and. Um, uh, I joined the army cause I came out of a family of 13 kids and, and there wasn't a college fund from my family. And, and an option for me was to go help out uncle Sam for a few years. And I'd have a college fund on the far end of that. Mm-hmm. And it worked out perfectly just like they promised. So I then uh, transitioned out of my active duty role, went to college, got my degree in finance and real estate, Colorado state university. And, um, uh, began a career in banking while I maintained my membership in the armed forces through the army reserve and the mm-hmm. Colorado national guard at the time. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. So talk about when you first transitioned, when you left, when you left active duty that first time, what was your transition like? And you say you went off to college. That was pretty much most of your transition plan, but what were some of the aspects of, um, did you, uh, did you have a plan for transitioning did it go as you thought it would go? And then eventually, um, and did you go straight into the reserves also? Yeah, those are, those are great questions. And actually the, the, uh, what I've learned in the years that I've now served and the multiple transitions I've gone through Joe is, is that, uh, a, no, I did not have a transition plan. B, I did not know I needed a transition plan because I just thought it was, I was switching jobs. Um, and that is not, what the case was. I did indeed stay in the National Guard. I stayed affiliated. So I transitioned from active duty into straight into the National Guard. Uh, There was a good recruiter on my way out the door that uh, told me that that's just what I was supposed to do. I I didn't know any better. And so I signed the paper and that sounded like a good idea to have some part-time income. So, uh, but, but indeed school was on the docket. Uh, and off I went to school, but I also knew I needed to have a civilian career to, to supplement that, that, um, my, my, uh, income while I was in school. And, uh, so the national guard was part of that, but I had to get a job. And the interesting thing is Joe, I had a lot of responsibility as a staff sergeant down in Panama. We had finished up in Panama and off I went to desert storm. I was just coming back from desert storm and I had been a prisoner of war camp commander there. Um, had a lot of responsibility as a staff sergeant. I was running around the desert policing up uh, prisoners. And I came home 
to find out that, um, you know, I was having a hard time getting a job as a security guard. Uh, I, you know, I just didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know how to apply for jobs. I didn't know how to, how to explain what my responsibilities were. And literally it was, it was hard finding just, uh, what, what might be considered, uh, an entry level, uh, job in security after, you know, being in some of the most dangerous conditions in Panama and desert storm just a few months earlier. So, um, the good news is through my college education, I also ran into some fantastic mentors. Uh, one of them, uh, one of my, my professors in my senior class, senior finance class had introduced me to some, uh, some concepts, some readings, and some real uh, ABC tactics that I had to do to launch my career into the professional world. And through that, I learned a lot about mentorship and the the knowledge and wisdom that's out there, not just from my mentor, but from smart people like Dale Carnegie, Carnegie and the, the books that he presents and, yeah. and other people like yourself that are providing resources to military members who are transitioning. Wow. That's awesome. Um, what was it like having, especially coming out of desert shield, desert storm, what was it like dropping yourself into a, the college classroom? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, what I did was I, I thought that I'd go to, um, ROTC uh-huh. and I, I now was a five year active duty veteran just out of desert storm. And I enrolled into ROTC. I was going to kind of create my own green to gold program and get my commission. And, uh, I just wasn't ready for that. You know, we had our ROTC guys that had virtually no military experience. I'm coming back with a combat patch on my shoulder. Not a lot of people were wearing combat patches in 1991. Yeah. Um, and, and I wasn't, I, I needed to uh, reset myself a little bit. So I didn't do well in, in that first semester of ROTC and wound up not completing my commission through ROTC. Uh, I just focused on my school, my studies, my civilian uh, job that I had and, and had to take a, a different approach to get that commission that I was going for later. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, post-college, um, you said you eventually got into banking and, uh, as far as, uh, entrepreneurship and small business administration and, uh, business loans and that kind of thing, you had a chance to have an interesting perspective from, being on the other side of the table from somebody looking for a loan for their business. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, it's, it's why I was so excited to talk to you when I, when I knew that I was going to have an opportunity to meet you and talk yeah. to you. I was totally stoked about that because, um, I've, I've always had a, a real special place in my heart for the small business person mm-hmm. as a banker for 25 years. I've made hundreds of millions of dollars of loans in small little bite-sized pieces to the small business person. I was never the gigantic corporation banker. I was always a small business banker, kind of the community bank kind of guy. And, uh, you know, in hundred thousand dollar, or $500,000 or million dollar increments, I was loaning to small businesses that were building, building the, the infrastructure and the, the economy that America relies on, you know, small business is the, is the baseline that, you know, that's where most people are employed is in small business. It's the, it's the courage of the entrepreneur that's willing to take on that task, find a need and fill it and execute on a plan. And we now know, uh, 
and we we knew then and we we also can can uh agree today that military members people with the experience of of their military service are uniquely capable of execu- quote unquote executing a mission like entrepreneurship yeah. and so i love that and so especially when i had a veteran entrepreneur or small business come to me uh, worked with them, worked on some very unique, uh, opportunities with those, those individuals. Mm-hmm. So it's been, um, it's been a lot of fun, uh, watching and living vicariously through the entrepreneur as a banker and, and getting to help them set up. But I do want to point out one thing and maybe we'll, we'll get to it, but, uh, but I do want to point out that the, one of the most important things that our veteran entrepreneurs can do is to be sure that they're, uh, prepared and ready for a launch of an entrepreneurship opportunity and ready and preparedness is really where I've kind of found myself focusing is ensuring that even the entrepreneur, the transitioning military member, that we get them the resources they need to be ready and prepared for whatever their next step is. Their own small business, going to college, getting a new career. Uh, So that's, that's really the key is, is, uh, that readiness element. And, and, uh, that's where I've really found my specialty to be now. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I have a a question about from the banker's perspective, if you were coaching a buddy, an entrepreneur who was looking to get a loan from a bank, what kind of things would you point out or make sure that that individual was new or was squared away with before they approached the actual bank? In particular, maybe some things that might not be so obvious to to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that are uh, showing up to the bank um, trying to present their business plan and the possibility of getting a loan. Does anything yeah. come to mind? I'm sure you had plenty of. Oh my uh, gosh! Yes, <laughs> a wide a few range things of- come to yes, a few things come to mind, um, and it, it's a it's a fun question for me to answer because I've I've seen it over and over and over again. Um, you mentioned the business plan. A business plan is not one page long. So that's a, a clue. That's a foot stomping clue right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, you should know. Triple What's spaced, that? Double spaced or triple spaced? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, your time at uh, CGSC, you know, you had to answer those questions for the guys who were writing papers there. Yeah, but, uh, font size. but, uh, but, you know, I've, I've seen business plans, good comprehensive business plan is, is, you know, 10 to 20, 25 pages long, and that's okay. Um, and it does need to be easily readable and, and well thought out. That right there is the first signal to the banker that you're hopefully going to work with um, whether or not you've done your homework. You know, if you're going to get in the business of, I don't know, selling flowers, mm-hmm. you know how many flower shops are in the 10 mile radius or the 50 mile radius or or if you're going nationwide, you know how many flower shops and what kind of national competitors you're up against. Have you, have you, do you have a paragraph in your business plan about that? And I know that's a really simple, probably a a poor metaphor, but. And if you uh, don't, if you don't, what's that say about you? It says you're not ready. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so the business plan is number one. Number two is um, for the banker. If you're meeting with your banker, they want to know what your cash flow plan is. They want to know what your growth plan is. You should, you should be able to project out not just the next three or four months. If you're going to the banker, you're not going to them for capital just for three or four months of capital. You're probably going to them for some sort of 
Maybe it's a piece of equipment that's going to last three to five years, or maybe it's a line of credit that's going to help you with your payroll for the next 12 months or 18 months. They want to see that you have a cash flow plan and a growth plan that grows into those loans and, and allows you to pay off those loans. The last thing a banker wants is to book a bad loan. And uh, there's never been a banker in the, in the history of the world that's ever purposely booked a bad loan. So they try to look around every corner. And if you as the entrepreneur are ready, you will have given them the business plan where they can draw the same conclusions you've drawn on your cash flow plan that you present to the banker. So I would say the business plan and the cash flow plan are two ways to really communicate to your banker that you're, that you're ready and that you've studied the work that you're about to embark on. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of veterans and in, in military spouses too. They're like, I'm go- I want to start this business. And there's, there's actually a couple of different theories. There's one theory is whatever you do, don't sit down and write a business plan because unless you need to go to the bank and get a loan. But then the other, most of the time, the first thing anybody's going to say to him is, have you written a business plan? And oftentimes that, that stops people right there. Like what they can't even get past. Hmm. If you can't even mm-hmm. get past step one of putting something down on paper to write a business plan and, and so that you right. can show it to somebody else. Um, what, what, you know, what does that tell you? So um, it's, it sounds like many times you had people come in with babies, something on, written down on one page trying to get a loan. And yes, it's happened. And it's not that they can't eloquently write or put together um, a, a big long report. It's really a matter of they haven't actually done their homework. They haven't done the homework. They haven't done the research. They really, there's, they're going in blind with what, whatever their uh, airbrained idea may be. <laughs> and so, right. Um, have you, have you had an experience where somebody came in with like something written down on one sheet of paper and they actually came back when they had everything squared away and actually turned out to be good, you know, it actually went all the way through. I mean, does that happen or is it usually that, that first impression, the first time you see somebody, they're either going to be where they need to be or not. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a, a customer comes to mind immediately when I think of that uh, years ago, uh, uh, they were a customer. They did they did this retail thing um, at sports venues, and one day the their brothers that were in business and they they wanted to open up um, they wanted to open up a barber shop. And I'm like, what business do you have in the barber shop business? Well, I don't know. I just thought it was a good idea. Kind of is almost literally what he said. <laughs> and and I'm like, come on, you guys. You know, I'm I'm your banker. I'm going to try to advise you. And so we sat down, we had a little bit of lunch together and, and uh, jotted a few things down, got them thinking about some, you know, some of those key questions that you need to ask yourself. Why do you want to be in, I don't know, in this case, the barbershop business. Mm-hmm. Um, and lo and behold, a couple of months later, they came back with a, a business plan. I made them their first loan. They opened up their first uh, barbershop. Uh, within a couple of years, uh, they had they had several barbershops opened up. Uh, a couple of years later, I helped them uh, get into the business of franchising their barbershops, and uh, they went nationwide with it. So, oh, no um, yeah, so it it does work out, and you don't uh, and and the the veteran entrepreneur uh, can't get discouraged by a banker poo pooing an idea. You know, um, if if it's that easy to to derail your your project. 
um, you know, that entrepreneur might not be ready for entrepreneurship. There's a lot of guts that goes into being an entrepreneur. You're, you know, you're staking your family's capital on this idea. You're, you're taking a step away from the corporate world, from a regular paycheck to, to do something that you've dreamt of doing all your life. Um, that's a noble cause in and of itself. And if, and if the first banker that looks at it says, ah, I don't think this looks like a good idea, um, isn't necessarily a bad answer, but if that's enough to get you to not want to do it, you you might not be ready for entrepreneurship because there's going to be a lot of hurdles that the entrepreneur needs to, to get over. And, uh, and I, and, and again, I live vicariously through these entrepreneurs that take this risk and they execute and they get over these hurdles. I mean, that's a little one, right? You, mm-hmm. I need a better business plan to understand what you're going to do with the capital. But, but a bigger one is, is, you know, how do I know when I'm ready to go from one employee to, to three employees or five or 15, 50 employees, you know, I mean, those are huge decisions the first time they have to make them later on when they're growing from 80 to hundred employees, it's almost easy. Maybe a little bit like your own military career. You know, mm-hmm. when I was a squad leader, some of those decisions were really hard today as a battalion commander, those decisions are easier because I have experience and I, and I have wisdom. Right. Hey, that's a great stopping point. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Great. Thanks, Joe. For over 30 years as a Navy Federal member, I've been through just about every military and life event, deployments, home loans, car loans, credit cards, unexpected financial events. And I can say that Navy Federal gets the military. At Navy Federal, members of the mission. Make your holiday purchases more rewarding with the Navy Federal Credit Union Cash Rewards Credit Card where members earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase they make. Your rewards won't expire while your account is open, and best of all, you can redeem them online or with the mobile app as soon as they're earned. Plus, Cash Rewards Card is contactless, meaning you can make payments quickly and securely with just the tap of your card. At Navy Federal, members of the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. Open to the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Message and data rates may apply. Insured by NCUA. The first time I used Fiverr was back in the summer of 2014 as I was preparing to start this podcast. I needed a logo, so I went to Fiverr, submitted some basic info, and within 24 hours, I had a great logo. Ironically, the guy who created the logo was an Army veteran, so he totally got the whole message of Pathfinder Freedom and the veteran message and everything else. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Find what you're looking for instantly. It's easy. Customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You'll know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating needed. Pricing is always project-based, not hourly. This time is difficult for all of us, so having a network of quality talent you can count on is crucial. Find freelancers that are ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code VETERAN. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code VETERAN. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code VETERAN. All right, uh, back talking with uh, Jerry Quinn, uh, uh, I was going to say army veteran, but technically you're still, you know, you're still in the uh, army national guard um, and chief operating officer from 
for AFMA. And I wanted, you, you had some really good experience. You had 25 years in the banking industry. Um, I wanted to have, ask you a little bit, you, you've done a lot of uh, research and study on the subject of transition, specifically the military transition. So in talking with those that have a transition in front of them or maybe right immediately upon them, what kind of things come to mind as far as transition goes that you would like to convey? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a really important question for those that are looking to get out of the military. Uh, if they're considering an entrepreneur venture or if they're considering going to school or uh, maybe they're, they're looking for their next career, one of the first things that we can all do in our transition is start early. Start early enough. Take advantage of the transition resources that your component offers to you. Um, even in my, even you, you would think I wouldn't make this mistake, but even in my most recent deployment, you know, they were talking about reintegrating with your family and they had the transition classes and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, I got this. So I opted out. And sure enough, when I got home, I had a little bit of a, uh, a couple, couple month delay in my reintegration with my family, mm-hmm. you know, shame on me should have taken advantage of that. Now, in my, in my profession, uh, my role prior to this, uh, you know, we did do a lot of studies on transition to ensure that we could assist military members uh, and their families transition successfully from the, from the military. So many great experiences, so much talent there that you can't let that go to waste. We want our military members to integrate into their society, into their community, uh, because that's, that's a component of what what I bring back from the military military uncle Sam invested a lot in me and I, I owe it to my community to come back and be the best person I can for the community, you know, uh, contribute to my homeowners, uh, you know, board or to my church, uh, uh, group and, um, and to bring some of my experiences, some of those values that have been instilled in me to back to my community. Um, so when you do that, you, you have to think about, uh, you know, what, what is it that you really want to do? What is it that really interests you? And don't just be lured into, well, I've always done this in the military. That, that might not be necessarily what you're best at or what, where your interests most lie. Uh, so, so take a close look at your own personal values and who you want to be. What kind of lifestyle do you want to live after the military? Um, and so uh, I really, really want military members that, that are listening to, to really consider um, when you begin that transition and we were talking about business plans early, it's, it's like a personal plan, you know, build that personal plan. And it doesn't have to be exactly right. The first time, just like any op order, right. Op order lasts, uh, the, the line of departure is what they say. Right. And then everything starts to change yeah. similar here, but, but at least you've taken a look at what you want to do and where you're headed, setting those goals out in front of you, understanding what your true internal values are, having that compass is going to be really crucial. Um, in regards to uh, AFMA, can you touch on a little bit of the process of, you know, after 25 years in banking, you, you got hired, you've been there at AFMA for a little while. What, what's different about getting hired at a, at a, at a company at that level versus so getting getting that first job right out of the military, and, and what I mean by that is like, like what's your, how how from your perspective how how are things different, and what are companies now? Granted, AFMA is a military focused organization, so obviously they get you, um, but a lot of times the companies 
So some of these veterans that have had quite a bit of civilian work experience are hiring for, they're not a, they're not a military-friendly or even military-focused organization. So how is that different going after one of those jobs at that level um, years after being out of the military? And, and what kind of perspective can you provide for that? Um, you know, when, when we look at what corporations are doing today to hire veterans and military spouses, um, uh, there is a, there is a long overdue recognition of the great talent that our military members and our military spouses bring to the table. Many military spouses have derailed their careers while they, they followed their military member around, you know, some of these people have juris doctorates, they have master's degrees, they've been studying, they, they, they have a lot of, of great talent, experience, mm-hmm. and education that can contribute, again, back to our communities when they, when they come home. Um, and so corporations have caught on, and you see a lot of veteran hiring going on. Uh, what, I, what I see happen often is that military members think they want a job, or, you know, they, they, they believe they want to go one direction and they go and take a job or because they weren't planning enough, they take the first job that comes to them because all of a sudden, you know, terminal leaves begun and they're 45 days before they they're without a paycheck and they're like, Oh, I'll just take whatever. Mm-hmm. What we, what we see the studies show is that uh, 80% of military members transition out of their first job post service in the first two years. So most yeah veterans leave their first job within the first two years because they, they might not have taken the time they needed to, to really examine what they wanted to do and understand what's available out there. So that's why you really want to prepare for that. Um, secondly is, is you need to understand when you're leaving the military, you're, you're leaving, um, you're leaving one industry and going into another industry. Even if you're, I was just talking to one of my, uh, one of the captains that I work with in my, in my battalion. And uh, she recently transitioned from active duty to reserves, got a job. She's a, a logistics officer and she got a job in logistics. Okay. That's great. Not everyone gets to transition like that. And that's uh, something that's worked out very well for her. Mm-hmm. She recognized because she planned early. She recognized that I want to work for a certain company and I'll take a little bit lower level job because and, and I can guarantee you this works, uh, that when you get into the corporation, the natural leaders that uh, the military has trained you to be, uh, those will raise to the, uh, to the attention of those, and you'll work yourself into the position that you want, but get yourself on board with the organization or in the line of work that you want, and then allow your talent to shine as you learn the industry from maybe, a, you know, a couple of grades below where you believe or where you currently are and, and be willing to accept a couple of years of, of quote unquote on the job training as you work into that level of position that you feel you're most cut out for. Yeah, definitely some good gouge there. If, if you know really what company you want to work for and you're willing to take, uh, come in at a lower level uh, because you know, you'll be, you'll be a uh, work your way up to the top. Um, definitely a great strategy because um, most companies prefer to hire from within your known quantity at that point. And right. I had an old CEO that said the cream rises always to the, always rises to the top. Right. That's right. Well uh, said. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about AFMA a little bit. The American armed forces mutual aid association, essentially yeah. an insurance company, but um, right. uh, 
AFMA is a military-focused organization. So what kind of products and services do, does AFMA uh, provide for the military community? Yeah, we, we provide uh, protection and security for the armed forces uh, community, and we do that in a number of different ways. Like you said, one of our core products is life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, we were founded in 1879, wow. believe it or not. Uh, you know, in, in the old days, long, long ago, the military used to take care of uh, the families of the fallen by passing the hat. Well, we've had battles that there weren't enough standing to pass the hat. And so Congress uh, gave us, you know, enacted um, our organization in 1879. um, And and we began providing life insurance for military service members and their families to be sure that they had the protection they needed for their family. Mm -hmm. Today, we have 100,000 members. We we have $25 billion of life insurance underwritten. And we're a a nonprofit organization. So we deliver that life insurance in a nonprofit Mm -hmm. way only to military members and their families. Okay. So these are the, what we do here. Um, people have earned the right to have this kind of protection and this kind of solution for their family's protection. Um, and, and it's kind of the culmination of a couple of careers that I've had in banking and, uh, and in the military is to, uh, to be able to provide this kind of pre- preparedness and security at AFMA, we also provide wealth management and trust services. Mm-hmm. We also can provide unique mortgage uh, mortgages for the military family. And we take into account your unique service to this nation and you gain advantages by, by working with AFMA. But it all comes back to that security and independence that is our mission and helping our service members be adequately protected for whatever life brings, you know, who could have, who could have admitted, who could have, who could have projected that COVID would put us where we are today. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we, uh, if, if we provide the right resources to military families and veterans, we are here to help them weather that storm. That's awesome. And like, I I can still think back to the, you know, the first days I first went in the Marine Corps back in, you know, 1990 when I went first went on active duty and, uh, um, people were talking about this thing called Navy federal credit union or whatever. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds good to this day. Over 30 years later, I still have the same Navy federal credit union bank account. Right. Um, right. And a number of other military affiliated organizations over the years. And one thing I'll tell you, you know, if you having an organization that's structured around the military and understands the military life um, and is there to support the military, it makes things so much better because um, no matter what kind of products or services you may be using from one of those military or, or um, oriented companies like this, like, like AFMA, they definitely get you <laughs> and they already know what you're going to need, you know, like 10 years before you've even thought about it. So right. um, these military focused organizations just don't exist. You know, it's not, it's not a coincidence. They exist. They exist. Be, they originally came out of need um, and like you said, was it 1879 that 1879, 1871 years ago, we've been doing this. Holy yeah. Cow, this is you know? kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, else. and you know, some of the, the roles of the, of the military members that we've, uh, we've provided life insurance for. And then one of the unique things that, that to, to your point, Joe, about the fact that we get these military members. So 
So we also have a survivor services team. So a unique element of what we provide is when you have life insurance with us, you get our survivor services benefits. And so the families of the fallen soldiers now have a lifetime of survivor benefits from us. We help the widows ensure that their uh, military allotments are rearranged. We, we help them uh, the things that their casualty assistance officer might not be helping them with. We help them ensure that they're receiving all the benefits they're entitled to for their service, their fallen service members, uh, great service to our nation. So it's a, it's an honorable, it's a very noble job. I'm, I'm humbled to be able to be a part of AFMA and, and we're grateful to serve the men and women that have served this great nation. So awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for being here, Jerry. Really uh, interesting story, uh, your transition story and, uh, you know, started out as a young kid in, in the army. And um, I'm thinking we might be the same age because you probably went in the summer after you graduated high school, which is when I, I graduated high school in 85. So you've, yeah. you've been in and out of the army for a long time. Holy cow. Right. Yeah. Does that add up to 35 years? Yes, it does. Right. I, I I did have a four year break in service yeah, as okay. I recognized I needed to work on my my civilian career for a little while, but yeah. then I jumped right back in. But thirty five yeah. years ago, you started your you started in yeah. the army, so it's been yeah. a huge piece. Having of a life. good time with it. Yeah, having a good time. And I mean, come on, this is the brotherhood. These are these are the people that I want to spend my life with. I got to meet you because of Absolutely. of my service today, and yeah. what a great great opportunity. Thanks, Joe. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for being here. Um, Look forward to your future success, and, and thank you for sharing your story. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.